Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to Poop to Gold. My name is Keith Grover, and I'm the podcast producer. I have on with me today, Jill McCabe. How are you, Jill? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Doing great. Uh, So Jill has a book called uh, It's Go Time. Uh, What's that book about? Uh, It's Go Time is a system, really. It's called an all-in system for experts who want to start and scale a business. It's go time is I, I, my background was in consulting for entrepreneurial companies who had already been very successful and ready to grow. And at one point I got so good at it. I was helping people make like tens and tens of millions of dollars and I was charging by the hour and I kind of gave my head a shake. I was like, okay, (laughs) there is a real problem with this picture. And then when I went to build my own scalable business, there weren't a lot of options. I could have a consulting agency, which the thought depressed me. I already mentioned my car accident and the idea of me just having this big agency. I just felt like a hassle. I thought, I don't want that. I want a lifestyle business. And when I went to look at how to grow one, there really wasn't a good model. Spent tens and tens and tens and eventually over 100,000 on training. I, I have lots of people in academia and business schools, and there wasn't a model for how to start and scale a business when your product is your time and you don't feel like having a big headache business. And um, I created one and then I shared it in its go time. And my big thing is I work a lot with uh, neuroscience and my background was in behavioral science. And so I believe when you are the product, your business really has to be built from the inside out. So I teach people how to reprogram their brain uh, for whatever they want to do, how to find their life purpose, and then how to build that into a business that's very lifestyle oriented, but also makes your bank account happy. How did you find a business out of uh, like the the neurosciences? Um, basically, a lifetime of hardship. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had, uh, you know, from poop to gold. So I had uh, fast story is uh, in my, you know, at thirty, basically, I open a restaurant and become an international sensation, which that just doesn't happen. Right. So I start this thing and I'm like, Oh my God, we're so, we're so successful. We've run that for seven years and it's like, woohoo, we sell it off to better adventures, brighter, greener pastures, um, go traveling for a while as any normal person would after they've been running a restaurant, came back from traveling, launched a consulting business and pretty much months into that, I, you know, working on a job, got hit by a car, It was a very serious accident. Um, the ambulance drivers actually came up to the car and said, oh, we're surprised that we, you know, they thought it was funny. They're like, we thought we had the wrong car. And I'm like, like what? They're like, we thought we needed a hearse. You know, I was like, guys, this is not, you know, not, not, not that's not the time to joke around. (laughs) I'm out of it. But it turned out to be about a, a year and a half of recovery, undiagnosed concussion, a lot of pain. Really, I lost everything. And then I went into a lot of medical debt lost everything I'd built. And coming out of that, I really wanted to rebuild this new life. And I couldn't. And I did not forget your question was about neuroscience. But it's getting there. um, Because it was weird how it happened. 
so it, I started reading all like the self-help books and stuff. And, and then plus, so I had a very successful business. Plus I was, you know, into consulting at that point. And so I, I know all about goal setting and how to make organizations better. So I'm thinking, well, why isn't this stuff working on me? You know, and, and full disclosure, I had all these dreams for my life. I was going to live here and do that, whatever. And they just weren't happening. My relationships were going to be like this and everything was going to be so magical. And I, I just couldn't seem to make certain things happen. It felt like I could make certain things happen, not other things. And I'm like, well, if goals work, why are they so selective? Right? Why mm-hmm. is it so selective? So I did, um, a ma- I, I did a master's in leadership um, in my mid-40s, really wanting to strengthen my knowledge around leadership and organizations. And I decided to study the neuroscience underpinnings of why goals work, because my background to that point had been in behavioral science, which is the study of why we do what we do, but not necessarily the neuroscience explanations for it, right? So we can say, if someone says yes, they're more likely to say yes again, because we witnessed this 100 times, it happened 80 times, right? but not what happens in the brain that makes that happen. And I was really interested in that. I'm a dyslexic and I tend to like to get really like deep into things and get nerdy about it. And then I got very fortunate. I got connected with one of the top neuroscientists in the world in the area of goal cognition and the brain, like one of the, like, and I got connected to cutting edge research that's currently being discussed in universities and isn't even broadly available. Oh my finally understood my dyslexic brain finally understood why some goals work and some goals don't and it's because your conscious and subconscious can have different goals so i had this kind of two decades of business experience and then i learned the brain of if you kind of tweak kind of like if you do it a little bit like this and a little bit like that it's it's just more effective and if you have a different goal in your conscious and subconscious your subconscious goal will win it's really amygdala but um that will win and so i started saying well then let's program the amygdala and then i got really curious about that and and so i overlay all this stuff Uh, yeah just a lifetime of hardship and struggle trying to make my life work and just continuing to try not giving up well i i'm sure that a lot of our listeners are going through this uh they feel like they're hitting their head against the wall uh like there's something that you said earlier that I'm really interested to dive into a little, and that's that you have subconscious goals and uh, what was the other, physical goals? Uh, well, you have conscious, the ones you're aware of, mm-hmm. and then the ones that actually make, that determine how you spend your time. So your, what, um, why you choose the things you choose to do say see say and do is actually triggered by um a region of your subconscious brain milliseconds to 23 seconds before your conscious is aware of it um Hmm. and that is it's uh there's an you know do an there's an activity and it's go time but that helps demonstrate this um, very powerful activity that this neuroscientist did with me and then he guided my research but essentially um, you know we've all heard this idea that you know what's in our like our beliefs and our subconscious and our past and whatever but not necessarily that we're only seeing selective parts of our environment um, or what you know have you ever said anything and as, as you're saying it you're like why am I saying this I'm gonna pay for this this is I'm gonna I'm gonna pay like almost every other sentence right (laughs) so what part of your brain is making that decision and then you know the whole thing with selective attention it's not really selective attention um do you want to do the activity 
Like, do you want to do it? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna okay, say yes. It just takes a second. All right. So wherever you are listening, please close your eyes. Uh, Keith, I'm gonna need you to close your eyes as well. Okay. And so just close your eyes. And in your mind, I, you know, I don't know the room you're in, but I want you to think about wherever you are. And in your mind's eye, I want you to just inventory all the blue that's in your environment, whether it's something you're wearing, in a picture that hangs near your desk, out of the window that you always sit next to, whatever it is. And when you think you've cataloged it all, I want you to open your eyes. So you're, you're now looking at me. So I don't know. I don't know if there's blue in this room behind me, but did you catalog all your blue? Uh, I tried my best. Now I'm looking around to see if I have any blue things. (laughs) Did you you get the blue cushion? I I saw the blue cushion right there, yeah. Nice. So you you got that one? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you get all the blue? So just, did you catch everything? I, uh, yeah, I think I did. That's amazing. So if you're listening at home, I'm quite sure you didn't. Very few people do. I've done this now with thousands of people. And I didn't see a room, so it's kind of tough because I can't see your room. But typically, try it later. Like just, and here's how you can do it. If you did steal the blue, which most of you didn't, and I know that, and some of you are probably like seeing a pen or something, you're like, oh my God. Um, But if you didn't, then the reason why is that there are trillions of photons in your environment. There's simply too much information for your brain to cognitively process it all. So your brain makes these selective decisions about what it's gonna process. How you can, if you did see all the blue, because let's say there wasn't a lot of blue or you're really good with color, or how you can do this is say, today I'm gonna notice all the orange and just walk around your environment and just you'll notice like, wow, there's all these orange things. I had no idea. Um, and it's like when you get a new car and then you see that car everywhere. It's, it's that kind of thing that um, our brain is actually deciding what parts of our environment we see. Interesting. So if you're into design, you might actually have a brain that tells you color is important. Mm-hmm. Are you into design? Uh, that's actually my wife. My wife is more the designer than I am. So, but it might be something telling you that color is important. So for those of you listening at home, if you didn't get the blue like most people, then just that's why. And those of you who did get all the blue, well then just try it with something else. Like just walk around your neighborhood and decide to see something and notice how that pops up. Or think about, think about the block that you live on. And if you could describe every, every house, why can't you, if you walk by it every day? I, yeah, I honestly can't. So it's just, it's stuff like that. Yeah. So, and what that is, it's what you're seeing, saying, and doing. The majority is actually triggered seconds to 23 seconds in advance of it happening. So then as soon as that happened, I was like, stop the bus. Oh my God. Because what we're all, all been trying to do, we all think we have conscious control, Mm -hmm. but instead there's this mechanism that's making these decisions. So what becomes interesting is how do I control that mechanism? So my work has all become about that. Everything I do is about, I call it getting on the right track and then speeding up on that track. You can actually program your brain to work on anything you want. I have a chapter in my book called Who Needs Willpower? And it's a chapter where I sort of dive into if you lay down a goal in a certain way, you will just automatically work on it. That is super interesting. I'm probably going to buy the book so I can read it because <laughs> I, I obviously need to learn this. 
Uh, I'll send you the book. I'm getting an updated version. I just up COVID contextualized it, and it just went into the publisher like two days ago. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is perfect. Ah man, to our listening audience, you need to you need to look up. It's go time. So, how do you apply this like subconscious thinking to business strategies? Um, well, every entrepreneur I've ever worked with struggles with a couple things. Uh, one, I mean, when it relates to this brain piece, um, well, it's okay. Here's a couple. Everybody I've ever worked with struggles with um, money. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever amount you're making, it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars a year or if you make half a million or if you make 50,000, you have a money block at whatever you're used to making. So how that helps is that if you have a money block and you're an entrepreneur, you can't, your brain won't let you make more money than you currently think is right. So some people are like, why am I banging my head against the wall with my business? And then we go in there and discover that they're, um, so in the book I describe how these hot goals get set. Uh, Some, you know, and it's not gonna surprise you. Um, One is through repeated exposure to an idea, like your parents said, work hard, right? You need to work hard. Well, then people keep working hard, but the, the, the trick is making more money is easier than making less. So if you get, if you're addicted to a hard work mindset, you'll have a hard time building a really good business. The other way is through sudden emotional impact. Like when something really terrible happens and you make a vow, like I will never, you know, do whatever again, or I will always do something. And so when these things happen, there's usually a money story, right? For most of our past. And um, when that happens, your business will get stuck. And people are like, I'm smart. I'm really smart. I know I'm smart. What is happening? Why am I not succeeding? So that's one way that it, um, that's a small, I mean, it's important, but it's small. The other way is uh, these goals are to reset these goals, to set new goals, um, fire together, wire together, the more times you think something. You can accelerate resetting them if you link your business to your purpose because your purpose is a physiological thing. It's, it's an idea that makes you happy, right? So if your purpose is, simple explanation would be, um, it's an idea that when you think about it, you feel happy. You know, so like I'll just think of somebody that I work with right now, their purpose is belonging, right? They just love people to feel that they belong, okay? So it's just a simple idea of belonging. But every time that person would think of belonging, they'd be happy. Other people want to bring dignity to others. So every time they think of dignity, they feel like, wow, that just feels so good. Our subconscious mind and our conscious mind have different language. So our conscious mind uses words and language and whatever, and we have this discussion. But our subconscious mind, and this isn't going to surprise you either, is visuals, and it's all the senses. So it's smell, hear, taste, touch, sight, um, and emotion. So to get to that part of the brain that mm-hmm. sets our goals, we can't just use words. Like, I want to, you know, I want to be rich, because it doesn't, like, huh? You know? <laughs> doesn't get it it's like i don't know what that is and that's why that specificity or imagining things or drumming up emotions as you think about things is really important so with business we i help people create businesses that are aligned to their purpose usually that is a calling for people as they get older you do stuff that's money for a while and then i work with people who are like 45 plus usually who kind of want to make an impact or, or do something to make the world better. We'll bake that in. And then as we tell the brain about, okay, we got to build this business. And the brain's like, oh, not on my watch because <laughs> you're already making 
making enough money um, and there's no way and then usually there's an exposure problem there are a lot of people who I work with in the service industry like um, like experts coaches healers uh, creatives artists those are a lot of my clients they tend to have exposure right like artist or mm-hmm. somebody who does IT or someone who's a consultant they're all the person behind the person and so for them to be more successful they have to come out in front is almost always a block a goal from the past around um, like oh don't stand out in front or that stealing attention's not nice or just there's something from the past that got locked in as a set of instructions and we have to reprogram that so I just kind of take what I know about business and I take what I know about the brain but that's how it it comes together like I'm just speechless with how awesome this is I'm just gobbling this up uh, you kind of alluded to it before, um, your poop to gold story. Is, Which one? Is... <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so many. <laughs> well, most entrepreneurs do. Uh, yeah. Let's let's focus on uh, that that time when you felt like you were banging your head against the wall. Nothing was happening. Yeah. What was kind of the catalyst there to? Uh, to, yeah, to to achieving everything that you have. Okay, so yeah, cool. That's actually it wasn't that long ago. Um, chapter three of my book, I start with if you're for you know I'm 48. Am I too late? Right? And I really had this feeling like I blew it. So at 40, I got hit by the car. At 42, I went back to consulting because I was broke. I was actually in six figures of medical debt after losing everything I had gained from, like, I was not only, I was, like, doing really, really well to, like, behind. Yeesh. And then 42, and then I'm like, what do I want to do? And I want life to mean something, but I'm also broke. So I went back to the business I knew, right? I went back to consulting. But I, I just kept kind of thinking, like, why am I making, like, so that's when I was, I got pretty good at what I was doing, helping larger entrepreneurial organizations. And I was, like, people were, like, 10 million going to 60 million, 60 million going to 100 million. And I'm like, here's my hourly fee. <laughs> like, okay. And I thought, no, I really wanted to spend more time in nature, more time outdoors. I love being outside. I, I'm just in nature. I love it. I'm very spiritual. I love having that connection. So I'm, I just didn't want like a hustle life. I kept trying to, I decided to take my business online like five years ago. And uh, let's just say back then when you sent people a Zoom link, you had to say, it's like Skype, but easier. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knew what Zoom was, right? And everyone was like, huh? And my clients didn't go for it, actually. They didn't think a location independent business was a very good idea for me. And they're like, no, we need you coming into the office and blah, blah, blah. Frankly, it had, I got, you know, I paid off all my debt and I had this business, but my trying to get online was a complete failure. Hmm. Wow. And I'm taking all these programs. It's like $10,000 for two days and we're going to show you how to do this. And it's like, that would have worked great if I had a list of 10,000 people. you know, my, my husband, he's actually like a leading researcher in the area of business strategy worldwide. And he's like, I can't help you. My best friends Whoa. are MBAs and they're like, Jill, we're, we support you and believe in you and we can't help you. And wow. It was just really confusing. And then I, I actually wrote about this in a recent piece on resilience, but basically I decided I, 
you know, my, my husband was about as tolerant as someone can be like years later. He's like, um, do you think you should go back to your high paying consulting work? (laughs) Not cool. And I thought, oh my God, I can help build everybody's business, but my own. And I, I had this deep shame and I thought that's it. And I decided to be all in, which is why my book is like the all in system, because it's all about personal growth and your business growth. And I, I just decided to be all in. And so I went and I got, I like to say, get, you know, get into the smallest room you can of experts. So I was done with being one of a thousand people in a $2,000 or $5,000 or even $15,000 coaching course. And I uh, didn't necessarily check with my partner on, I'm not, please do not do this at home. If you are listening, this is very careless. Not, and I'm I'm actually being serious. I I don't advise my clients to do this, but I did it because I just couldn't, I almost didn't want to live if I had to go by, I, I was just like, I can't, I can't. Cause I'd almost lost my life. You have to remember I faced death. And so I thought my life had to mean something more. So I pretty much spent about a hundred thousand dollars getting to work with some of like really top coaches and getting time with them and just saying, what the heck is going on? Why am I banging my head against a wall? You know, I share, I share this really quite openly and it's go time. And I am very, I, like I am an open book. I don't suggest people do that, but I did learn that there are some secrets to building businesses that aren't broadly discussed. I think the main thing that I can share on this call though, is that, um, you know, I, I, I help people build talent-based businesses. So if you're someone out there and you have like a skill, right? If you're, it doesn't matter what your skill is. If you have a skill and you want to turn that into a business, it's really tricky because you have to run the business and then your business is your applied skill. So it's very challenging. Um, but the first thing we really need to do is explore and then exploit. And so what happens is you, I did anyway, I took all these programs. It was like marketing focused and sales focused. And they're like, you don't have a problem. You don't have a product. Don't worry. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. We'll figure that out. And, uh, and you'll just get that as a bonus. But the truth is that's the hardest part. So if you do advertising, for instance, mm-hmm. right, that's a product and you know what that product is to create a campaign. But a lot of people with skills, you can't sell an hour or a session or a package. Nobody wants that. They want an outcome. So create your signature program first and really have that defined. And then here's the secret, everyone. That's right, you're hearing it here on Listen it. Here's the secret. Okay, listen up. You have to have something to drive them to. If you think that that course you put online is a business, it's not, it's a course. Mark Cuban and I think um, Shark Tank, and a couple of the sharks like to say, um, that's not a business, that's a product right? Mm-hmm. And the same is true of any course online. It's not a business, it's a course. So for instance, I have a program, it's not a course because I work closely with people called Basecamp where I help people figure out their businesses. But then I also have an agency where I help them actually build and grow their businesses. I don't just cut and run. So, you know, whether you're a chef, right? And maybe you have like a course and a training thing. Well, then maybe you do a customized plan for a year. I have, I was just talking to an intuitive coach that I work with, a psychic. She teaches people how to develop their psychic skills and then they can continue with her for a year and actually, you know, be a practicing psychic. So you you never want to just kind of think of that entryway. Always think about the whole journey that you want to take someone on. 
Awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> you, like you heard it here on Poop to Gold. <laughs> That's really the problem is that people don't take the time to really think of the whole client journey. That is so true. And that's like, uh, that was definitely something that we've encountered here at Harmer Brothers. I'm sure like many people have encountered that. But the fact that it's put into words is fantastic. One of the things I love about your story is that uh, you actually found your purpose. The thing you'd love to market yourself more as and doing something that you actually love. Uh, For those of our listeners who are stuck in the rut of nine to five, what advice would you give about uh, finding their purpose or their, uh, the thing that drives them? I guess those are two somewhat different things, but yes, like, they are like different. Yeah. So, the, but it does drive it. No, it's good. It's good. I like it. Um, can I just call it to my book? You got to read chapter five of it's go time. There you go. Teach you how to do it. That is completely uh, but then fine. If I was going to give you a little more on that. Your to what chapter five says, you know, and it describes how to do this. Uh, what chapter five says is that, you know, our purpose, we have you seen the movie ready player one? I have. Right. Okay. So, what was that all about? Remember? I, I don't. I just remember it's like this alternate reality <laughs> and the keys to the king. The guy, the guy who created the alternate reality, you know, dies, mm-hmm. leaves the keys to this kingdom, and the you know somebody who gets the whole kingdom has to find like clues, right? But mm-hmm. the, the clues are not out there; they're within. To where these keys are. Okay. So it was all about understanding who he was as a person and figuring mm. that out. And I'm going to say the same is true of purpose. I know myself. I did. I mean, I've traveled extensively. It's why I wanted a location independent business. I looked everywhere. You know, I was like, well, if I spend six months in Argentina, maybe it's there. You know, and uh, <laughs> so if I spend a year in Mexico, what if I spend, you know, a few months in uh, in Asia? And I've done it all. You know, and so I've done all this stuff. And it's like I couldn't find it anywhere. And what I ended up learning, I got because I am, I, you know, I am fortunate I'm with an academic who's like, oh, you're interested in purpose? Let me connect you with the person in the world who's like up there on that topic. It's like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I got to talk to a guy, he's like Madonna, he's just called Alongo. He's a distinguished professor that works out of University of uh, British Columbia. And he's amazing. And he's, uh, he specializes in the area of um, how to find your calling. And he taught me, it was so simple. He's like, yeah, you just write a bunch of stories about times where you felt really good about who you were, and then you find the common themes. And so the trick is your purpose is actually, like if you're, you know, and so if you're listening to this and and you're um, 20 or something like that, the advice that I got from him is kind of like treat life like a buffet, right? Mm -hmm. Go around and sample from it and then, you know, realize you really like, whatever, the fennel slaw. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. That's probably not what you'd want. But um, (laughs) go back and and go back for more of that. But if you're like most of my clients are in their 40s, 50s, sometimes even 60s. And at that point, we have sampled life. And you go back and you find the times that you felt most proud. And I describe, actually describe in um, my book, there's uh, the updated book I talk about. There's this, you know, girl who, uh, one girl, she had a, she went out with her 
family when she was like 10 and she went to Yosemite Park, Yosemite? Yosemite. And she, Yosemite, I'm from Canada, sorry guys, if I... (laughs) You know, I didn't know either until I went to the park, so... Um, And so he's, you know, dad said, stay home, there's been bears. So she ran away and hid behind a tree to wait for bears. And, um, you know, lo and behold, uh, there was this theme of adventure running through her life. So you can look at that story and say, oh, that's about, you know, disobeying her parents, or it's about being in nature, or, you know, um, it's about all these things. But he punished her. He said, you have to stay in the tent the whole day the next day. And she was like, it was great. It was worth it. She never saw a bear. She was so proud of herself for trying. And she had a number of you know, from one story, you can't figure that out because you don't know if it's about nature or being defiant or or what it's about. But as we went through her other stories, there was this real daredevil, uh, like from the age of three onwards, she was doing this crazy fun stuff, right? And so hers just turned out to be just adventure. She just wants people to treat life like an adventure. And she's so cool. She's a health coach. She doesn't want people to get sick. She wants people to stay healthy. So it's, it's just really cool because she doesn't necessarily have to change what she does. For example, she's a health coach. She has a book about how to get better sleep, but she was really stagnating in her business. It's like, well, it's no wonder you're talking all about sleep and you're an adventurer. So how about get better sleep so that you can have better adventures? And and that's as simple as that about how you can turn that idea into something that will get your um, brain kind of more excited about your goals. That's perfect. Well, Jill, uh, those are all the questions I have. We're about out of time. Uh, I have definitely learned a lot during the session. I hope that all of our listeners will go and purchase your book. It's go time. Uh, where where are they able to find that? Awesome. Uh, right now, you can find the book uh, on Amazon, or uh, you can come to my website and get it and the benefit to coming to my website and getting it is because i do have an updated version Uh, so right now it's only an ebook on amazon but it's into the publisher and i will have like the updated version with updated stories covid contextualized which means i teach you more about how to have a business that succeeds online so just reach out to me through my website or linkedin and uh, i'll make sure you get a copy of the updated one if you want that awesome and what is the website what is the web address jillmccabe.com Jill with McCabe is a funny spelling J-I-L-L-M-C-A-B-E dot com just one C and then for all of our listeners if you found anything that you enjoyed make sure to like share and subscribe if you're interested in what Harmon Brothers does feel free to go to harmonbrothers.com we'll see you on the next one at Harmon Brothers we're known for what we call our hero campaigns these are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty Poopery Purple Mattresses Lumi Deodorant, and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth, they want that type of branding, and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is, most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a hero incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare 
for a hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The Hero Incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free and you can apply for one at harmanbrothers.com forward slash audit.